I'm Beth Whitworth, race car driving, quilt making, CPA firm owning, wife, mom, and boss. I'm here to help you build a business you love by sharing all of the good, the bad, the ugly, and the excellent sides of working in this industry. It's not always easy, but after many years, I can finally say it's worth it. Let me guide you on your journey to accounting with confidence. Hello, and welcome to Accounting with Confidence, the podcast. I'm Beth Whitworth, and today I'm going to talk about what I learned in January of 2023. So I'm hoping to create a monthly episode of capturing those things that I actually learned during the month. And it's not necessarily anything big. It may or may not involve any type of a mindset shift, but it's some of those things that really learning them actually had an impact on my life or taught me that I can still learn to do new things or might be something that if you do it, it can help you too. So I thought I would start this monthly episode of what I learned. And this one will be our very first one. So this month I have three things that I learned and most of them are technology related. And I like to think that for someone who has been in this industry for just a hot second, there is still things to be learned. There's technological things to be learned. There are concepts to be learned. There's tax rules to be learned. There's how to work with people things to be learned. There's all kinds of things. But January, I was really focusing on making things go a little smoother and trying to find some areas where I could shave some time or eliminate some things that could be handled by technology that I just had not embraced yet. So the first thing that I learned that I actually knew but was not using as much as I should be, is setting some email rules. So we use Microsoft Outlook and the Outlook suite of products for our internal email and our forms, everything we do, we're using Microsoft Office. And so we use Outlook and I have lots of rules set up, but there were a handful of things that really I was still touching that I would create maybe a quick click to forward something, but really it was something that I didn't even need to touch at all. And these things were things that were coming in from QB payments when we get notified that someone has paid us. I have an administrative assistant who actually records that information into our QuickBooks file. And I know, I know, There are probably some automations inside of QuickBooks Desktop that would automatically do this, but we're not there yet because, you know, had some issues in the past and trying to make all of that connect seamlessly. So instead, I make sure that when I get notified from QB Payments that a payment is made, I was forwarding that email to my administrative assistant, and then I was deleting the email, and then she was going in to... QuickBooks and recording the payment. And then following up to that first email from QuickBooks Payments, you get a second email from QuickBooks Payments. And that is one telling you, hey, your money's actually on the way and it will batch if you had more than one payment in a day. And so I was taking those emails and I was forwarding that over to Michelle as well. And then I was deleting because I was not 
handling them. And when it's not a busy season, when it's we're in our slower months, then it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal to click an email, hit the quick click that allows it to forward to Michelle and delete. But I'm still looking at it. So it's still taking a little bit of some brain power, you know, some, oh, I need to make sure I take care of that. I need to make sure I don't forget to forward that to Michelle. So I finally took the time on those things that are happening that Michelle handles for me, that I don't want her to be the primary email that they have because that is tied into me and it's my account and she doesn't need that type of position because I need to be notified of certain things that she may not need to be notified of. So I set up some zero touch rules, which essentially stop forwarding them. So instead it is forwarding and deleting automatically based on the subject line that comes in from QB payments. And I did this with QB payments. I did this with, we have an automatic withdrawal that she records for our work comp. That's not the same amount every time. And so I took a handful of these things that I was still touching and automated them. And I will be honest that I initially was having to confirm that it actually happened. I was seeing things inside the QuickBooks file that I didn't get notified of. So I would go and look and I would look in my deleted email. Oh, look, yep, she got that from this email that came to me that automatically forwarded. So after a couple of weeks, I am not double checking on that anymore. And I feel like it's a few seconds and it's not even a few seconds every day, but it is something that I no longer have to think about at all, just at all. And so that was a one of the rules that I, like I said, I had rules. I just didn't have it going all the way. We're taking me out of it. The other thing I did relating to my email was to stop forwarding my personal email into my Outlook account. Now, I don't know about you, but I have accumulated multiple email accounts over the years. But my main account is the one that I use for business that my clients have. It is attached, you know, to some of my, probably my personal bills, but I also had a Gmail account. I also have, you know, I have probably have a couple of Gmail accounts, but I have one main Gmail account. And that was one that I would kind of use when our other email wasn't working very well and, or I needed to do something inside of Google. You know, there was many reasons to have it. And I've had it for years and years and years. And I always, I immediately, when I set it up, I had it forward to my Outlook account. Well, you guys all may experience this, that, you know, around the holidays when you're starting to shop for gifts and you want to get the best deal and you're going to sign up to get the discount, the $5 off, the coupon for free shipping. And so you're signing up for websites that you actually don't really care about for the most part throughout the year. You're only doing it maybe to shop for a specific person. Well, I was accumulating so much spam and so many phishing emails and so many things that I was just deleting out of Outlook. Delete, 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 delete. Didn't need this. This is just junk. And it wasn't always captured into my junk folder in Outlook. And so I had heard or read something that someone said to stop doing this. And I can't remember where it was, but it was sometime in January. And I thought, well, 
let's do that. Let's stop forwarding the Gmail account and see if it cuts down on my Outlook inbox enough to make a difference to where I am not kind of plowing through all of the the spam and the junk and, and to get that one or two legitimate pieces of email that are coming through the Gmail account. So I stopped the forwarding and when I went into Gmail, I had over 7,000 emails that had forwarded into my work email over the years that I had not touched, you know, from signups and spam. And so I took the time at that point to totally clean out my Gmail to zero. So I deleted everything that was in there because it had at that point all been forwarded to my Outlook account. And so I had already made a decision on it. So I knew that anything sitting inside this Gmail account had already been dealt with and I wanted to start from zero. So what I did was I deleted those, I stopped the forwarding, and now I go into my Gmail account once a week and see if there's anything important, a notification that is was set, scheduled onto that email address for some reason. Anything, you know, a lot of it is probably personal bill related, but it really highlights to me those things that maybe I should just go in and change the email address to my my main email and actually just keep this Gmail account as kind of that spam account. And I only look at it once a week now and clean it out. And I can definitely see a difference inside of my outlook. I am spending less time, delete, 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 delete. That's, that was, you know, on my phone, I would delete on my, you know, I would just, anytime I was in there, I was getting enough of these emails. And some of these places, you know, one, it's completely phishing and scams. Two, some of these places you signed up for just to get a Christmas gift are now emailing you two and three times a day, not a week, a day. And so I started, you know, making sure that I was deleting those. Now, if anything was coming to my main account that I considered kind of advertising that I don't really need right now, because I'm the kind of person that if I'm going to go shopping for something, I don't need the email to remind me to go do it. I don't need them to remind me that there's a sale. There's always something when you're shopping online that you can find a deal for. So I don't need all the email reminders. So it also got me in a little bit of the habit this month of unsubscribing from those things that are still coming to my main email address that I don't really need for business. So I'm trying to save myself some time inside my inbox every single day and it really worked. So what I learned this month relating to email rules is to set them up, set them up, set them up completely. Now, part of this is my type A personality that, you know, I have sometimes have a hard time giving up control of things, but for gosh sakes, it's time for me to stop just forwarding and deleting when the system and the technology can do it for me. So that is the first thing I learned in January. And I am so glad that that was one of the things I learned. So the second thing I did this month, which I've heard so much about, I have mm, dived into it, you know, just kind of put my toe in the water of it. And that is working with Zapier. So if you don't know what Zapier is, it's an application that really will link two other applications together. And in our onboarding process that has been developed pretty heavily over the last 12 months, 
it feels like a lot of databases that need to get updated when we get a new client or start a new service for someone. And I've used Zapier, but not exactly in the accounting business. And there's a free version of it. And that's all I have at this point because I I just you know wanted to get started. But I thought, well, we're getting a lot of new clients who are looking for proposals right now. And we use Jetpack Workflow for our engagement management system, our project management system. And we use Ignition for our proposal system. And one of the steps inside of our onboarding is to add the client to Ignition. Well, what really needed to happen is that they needed to get added to Jetpack first because that's really kind of our CRM as well. That's where all of our client information really does live. And adding them into Jetpack as a lead was where it needed to start so that you can even assign the onboarding job to it. So what I decided to do, well, let's play with Zapier. Let's, again, not saving a ton of time. Not It's not saving shaving hours out of my day or my week. It is just taking baby steps. And so I created my first Zap. And what I created was from Jetpack to Ignition that when I set up, add a new client to Jetpack, it will add it to Ignition. And this just reduces the repetitive input of client information. And I'm sure there's there's more places. I mean, I'm already thinking of, of where else I can use these zaps to save these steps. When you add it to Jetpack, add it to Ignition, add it to Constant Contact, add it to whatever other databases we're using and keep that keeps take steps off of anybody who's working on the onboarding process. So setting up the zap was super simple. First, you sign up for Zapier. And like I said, there's a free version of it that allows, I believe, up to seven zaps that you can create. There's not multi-step zaps inside of the free version, but it's a really reasonably priced application to to get into. It's it's something that it's not super expensive. And really, I think you only you only need to have one person that has this, I believe. But the other thing that you then do is to you choose the apps that you want to link together. So they have inside this uh, inside Zapier, they have all of the different applications that they can link together. And you pick where are you choosing, you know, what are you starting with and where are you going to? And you choose what process you want to automate through them. And it can be, you know, okay, when when you set up a new customer or a new client in Jetpack, what do you want to do? You want to automatically set it up in Ignition. And you choose what that trigger is. Well, the trigger is setting it up in Jetpack. And then it gives you the opportunity to map the fields. So whatever your Jetpack fields are, it will then give you the opportunity to map them into the corresponding ignition fields. And so this would happen with whatever applications you chose. So maybe you picked Jetpack and QBO. Maybe you picked Jetpack and your tax software, if if that's available. It just depends on what's inside of Zapier. And then it wants you to test it. And so I did that. And it really, really was super simple. And it worked the first time. The only change I had when I did this mapping was that when there was a field that asks for name and you want it to be filled in with first and last name, I so I 
mapped the first name field and I mapped the last name field because those are two different fields inside of Jetpack and they are on the same line inside of Ignition. So I mapped those, I added them to the same line. Well, I had to go back. I didn't realize I needed to put a space inside the Zapier mapping so that when it comes over, it didn't combine first and last name into one single word. So I, I went back and fixed that. And really it was, I was like, okay, this can be a time saver. And it was something again, why wasn't I working on this earlier? But you really have to get into a little bit of a mindset. And I think I said that I probably wasn't going to talk a lot about learning a bunch of mindset stuff this month, but it really, it is a mindset shift to be able to give up things that you've just always done the same way all the time. And part of it is a comfort zone. You keep doing things the same way all the time because you know what the outcome is. You know how to do it. You don't have to train your brain to learn something new. And that's why I think doing these monthly episodes of kind of sharing with you what I have learned each month is important because that is something that we have to keep learning. That is one of the values of our company is learning. And it is one of my personal values is to always be learning. And some of these things that we learn, we are initially resistant to. So when I get into these things and I'm like, okay, that was so easy. Why wasn't I doing it more? Why wasn't I doing it at all? And now I'm like, okay, what, where else can we use it? So the next step I'm envisioning is that when we get an ignition proposal that's accepted inside of ignition, I want to set up a zap to take all of those, those services that we're providing based on the proposal and send it over to set up the jobs inside of Jetpack. You know, so if we have a proposal that we're going to do monthly accounting and a business tax return and 1099s, so I want it to automatically go into Jetpack and set those jobs up for that particular client. And that would be huge. That would start to be saving my team real time, real time. So that's exciting. Now, one of the downfalls I have, and it may not apply to you, but I am still a QuickBooks desktop user. Don't ask me why I have my reasons, but right now we are still in QuickBooks desktop. It is hosted, so I am, you know, in the cloud with it, but we use desktop and Zapier does not sync to QuickBooks desktop. It does sync to QuickBooks online, however, and I believe it connects with Zero. I have I didn't look to see if it connects with Wave apps or not, but it's definitely something worth checking out especially if part of your onboarding process involves multiple databases, which in our line of work, that seems to be somewhat inevitable to have multiple databases. There is not one system that I have found that can house everything. You can't have your project management, your accounting, your proposals, and your your email service provider. It's very difficult, if not impossible, to have those in one application which means you probably have at least one issue that you could use Zapier for. So I recommend it. I will let you know how that goes if I get some more zaps going and see how that really affects our game as far as getting clients onboarding. Now, for us, we're in a growth mode, and so we are taking new clients. And so the when we can shave time off of that onboarding process, 
for the team, especially going into this very busy season of the year, it's definitely worth it. So I am definitely going to keep plugging away at working with Zapier and figuring out ways that we can incorporate it into our processes. Now, the third thing I learned, and this is the last thing I learned, and this is sort of a technical thing that I'll admit that I knew about it, but had never actually set it up. Now, I have come from a background of QuickBooks Desktop. I've been in QuickBooks Desktop since I started in the accounting world, you know, in 19... Mm, mid-90s, we should say. So in the mid-90s, and when I was using QuickBooks, I was using QuickBooks Desktop. QuickBooks Online didn't even exist yet. They did roll out a QBO version sometime in the 2000s that was not great and wasn't recommended and didn't do a whole lot of things. And now, obviously, we are in the world of QBO is outselling desktop, I'm sure. All the statistics go towards QBO is is where everybody's going. And I have always been someone who has said, yes, I'm going to work with what the masses are using because that is where the people need the help. Just because it's advertised that you don't need to know accounting or bookkeeping to use QuickBooks doesn't mean that you don't need to know something or someone who can help you with it. So I've always embraced whatever Intuit puts out as far as technology. I still have preferences, but there's also things that are better in, in one than in the other. There's things that are worse than one than in the other, but I work with both still. But what I had never done, and this is what I learned this month, is I had never set up progress billing inside of QuickBooks Online. Now in the, I believe it's in the QuickBooks Plus version of it, not the essentials, you can set up progress billing for those contractors or people that, you know, maybe they are someone who creates an estimate and collects 50% up front and the rest of it upon completion. There are some, you know, true contractors that take 20% and then when they're 20%, then 20% until they're done. So we had a new client that was starting out a brand new QuickBooks Online file. They had some existing work already in the pipeline. They bought the business from a relative and they needed progress billing setup. So, okay, simple enough. We're thinking we've seen the box or the toggle switch inside of the QuickBooks settings and let's go turn that on. Well, it was challenging. And I will admit that I am someone who does not immediately go to help first. I do not look up how to do it. I go into the software and I start pushing buttons. And I've, I don't remember if I've talked about this yet in the podcast, but I am a button pusher and I identify that as someone who will move forward until they hit a roadblock, essentially, and they will keep hitting buttons until they figure out if this solved their problem. And there are other people and a lot of people in the accounting world and in our profession that are not button pushers, which means they want to know what is the button going to do exactly before they push the button. So I'm a button pusher. I am not one who's going to wait. And so I go in, I turn on progress billing. I go back to the estimate and it's doing nothing. It's, and I go back into settings. Oh, progress billing has now been toggled back off automatically. I'm like, what is happening here? And Sarah on my team was also struggling with this and we just couldn't figure out what was happening. And so what do I do? <laughs> I finally search it in the help 
And what do you know? There is some obscure template customization that you have to do to make it work. So just so you know, there's a specific template that it makes you use for your invoice. And it's named Airy something, Airy New, Airy, something very obscure that if you hadn't looked in help, you would not have known this. So, so what do I do? I turn it back on. I go and figure out where the template customizations are for invoices. And what do you know? There's the Airy template. So there are some settings inside the template that you have to go in and toggle on some columns that will show on your invoice that are specific to progress billing. And until you have those customizations inside this particular template, the progress billing doesn't trigger when you go try to create an estimate or an invoice from the estimate. So as soon as I was able to, you know, I made some basic, you know, customizations to the invoice by adding the required progress billing fields and saved it. I went back to the estimate, said create invoice, and it immediately stopped me, popped up a box and said, do you want to bill for everything? Do you want to bill for a percentage? The typical what you would expect when you're progress invoicing, when you're progress billing for a customer. So I just wanted to share that with you because I wanted you to be aware that even someone who's been working in the system for decades still learns new things on a regular basis in the QuickBooks software. Whether it's desktop or online, they both have things that to be learned. I, I don't believe there's anyone that can know all the things all the time. Now, I'm sure there's people out there who would said, oh, well, I already knew that about progress billing. Well, I'm guessing that they had to look at the help at some point to figure that out. It's definitely was something that I felt was buried a little bit inside of it. And, and I would have been expecting more that on the screen where you turn on progress billing, there would have been right there some instructions on what to do next. And there was not, there was just the toggle button to turn it on and then you had to go look for help. So I hope that helps anybody who might be struggling with any type of progress billing, or if anybody who realizes that when it's not working inside of QuickBooks, inside of QuickBooks, go to the help menu, search the topic you're looking for, and you will most likely find something that will help point you in the right direction. But keep in mind, everyone has something that they could learn. So, all right. So for January, I learned to kind of take control of my email inbox. I learned how to make my first zap and I learned how to turn on progress billing in QuickBooks Online. I'm sure there were more things that I learned, but those three things, I think just in a month even, that's that's a lot of th new things to do. So I'm kind of excited. I'm excited about having this episode as something that I'm going to do monthly because that gives me the opportunity during the month when I have, you know, sort of actually tackled something and created something new or been able to learn something and it worked that I'm going to jot that down and I'm going to keep it for the next episode. So at the end of February, you should be expecting to hear you know, what I learned this month. And I hope that you found this helpful. And I hope that everybody has a great week. And if you need me, you know where to find me. 
Thanks for listening. I always end my weekly team meetings with have a great week. If you need me, you know where to find me. And I realized I said that. And with this whole podcasting thing, it's new and you may not know where to find me. Go to accountingwithconfidence.com and while you're there, sign up for six easy ways to reclaim time in your accounting firm and that will keep us connected. Have a great week.